and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I almost said Masters of Horror. <laughs> I've got the Howling Horror Nights website up, and I'm just I'm kind of geeking out over it. Uh, tell, tell, uh, the, no. tell, tell the listeners why we're geeking out over it. Uh, there's there's so many cool things, folks, at, at Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando. They've got a Shining-themed haunted house. Uh, they got a Saw-themed haunted house, an American Horror Story uh, maze, a Horrors, a Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse, as you know, uh, made Insidious and Sinister and The Purge, so like all of those movies in a one house. Ash versus Evil Dead and some cool original ones they got going, like a Scarecrow-themed one. And then and then there's there's the Scare Zones. Right. The scare zones like are like an open area haunt. So it's like you're just walking down one of the streets in Universal Studios and then you walk into an area that is like the purge themed or uh, they got one for trick or treat. The movie trick or treat that came out in 2008. And of course, the one the one scare zone that's on here that makes me wish like I, I could drop money on a plane ticket and go to Florida right now and, and, and brave the hurricane coming on its way. And go to Halloween Horror Nights is the scare zone called Invasion. That's Invasion was the exclamation point. This is the year is 1955, and the UFO has crashed onto the wharf. Their goal to conduct experiments upon the upon you to prepare to invade Earth. So awesome! <laughs> it's like a 1950s Roger Corman st- uh, uh, themed scare yeah. zone. Like like the Mars Attacks trading card series from the eighty like the from the eighties the original is, what set the movie, yes, that is that that's that's so up your alley, Chuck. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> Raygun Gothic Invasion Scare Zone. I I is that what is that what's called Raygun Gothic? Yeah, Raygun Gothic is that aesthetic. It's the it's a term that's given for that like Atomic Age fifties sci-fi look oh okay um, kind of like uh like like the fallout video games yeah and of course the first thing i think of is the uh the drive-in movie theater at, at hollywood studios and disney disney hollywood studios yeah i mean like like okay so you know those though those shapes that are common in those like 1950s and early 60s things are sort of like boomerang type shapes and and whatnot yeah that's called yeah, googie yeah. they actually that's, there's a term for that it's called googie Okay. And like, but yeah, the incorporation of Googie and ray guns and all of that. I mean, ray gun gothic is a little more like outer space stuff rather than like drive in movie things, but they have some overlap. But it's um, retro futuristic sci fi. Yeah. Oh, did you just like Google it? Yeah. I'm looking at the Wikipedia for ray gun gothic. It's Googie, streamlined, modern, and art deco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally up my alley, man. I mean, that's like to get back to something we've brought up on the podcast before, how I was like all through college trying to convince you that when you're making your freaking, the freaking series, that one of the ones I wanted you to do was called freaking giant ant about a mutated giant ant. You know, there is a, uh, an ant movie that I really want to see that Edgar Wright recommended once a few months ago. For, or I think last year for Halloween, and I think it's called Phase Four. Okay, have you ever heard of it? No. I think I think it's uh, I think it's a British film. It's a 1974 British American sci-fi film about uh, killer ants, and it's interesting because it's directed by Saul Bass. I know that name. Um, he did all the. Um, poster designs and the art design for Alfred Hitchcock movies. Okay. Uh, so like if you watch psycho and those with all those like lines and stuff, yeah. or the beginning of like North by Northwest, he did all those title cards and those, uh, beginnings of, of oh, those cool. movies. But this was the only movie he directed, but yeah, man. Phase four. but yeah, man, I, 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 I would eat that up. Like, let's just take a moment to appreciate Halloween horror nights. I know it's a little early for us to talk about Halloween, <laughs> It's your favorite holiday, and it's a, we love to talk about it on this podcast when it comes around. I know, I know. Um, but I Halloween Horror Nights is really something special, isn't it, man? I mean, it's... I love it. I love it. I haven't gone in years. I, I went, and I think you did too, right? You went to the first year they had it at, at Islands of Adventure? I believe I did. I just remember. I I that was the year that they had, um, was it The Surgeon? 
was no, it was the um, it was the caretaker, the right? Caretaker, maybe. I think it was the caretaker. I I just remember that the the best part of the whole thing for me was so we, I got there right when they opened the gates, right? And they had these big double doors in front of Islands of Adventure, and mm-hmm. they opened the doors. And when they opened, like like they had been running a fog machine for probably two three hours back there. So when, and it's a thick fog machine. It's the, yeah. none of this like little. Pss, 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 it's like a thick fog, like yeah, like yeah. literally, you like 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 New England, like you need the foghorn. <laughs> Ships are gonna run aground. Thick fog, and yeah, like something you'd see like in a movie, not yeah. like in a club. And you have to walk into that, and then while you're walking through, they had like people dressed up like dead Victorian people, just yeah. standing in place throughout so you would just sort of happen upon like a nurse with like a bucket full of body parts right or the best was and then there was a guy in a top hat on stilts in like a tux with tails <laughs> walking around all through it it was so like that was i was just like this is awesome like you like this is when i realized <laughs> the potential of theater of like theater and um and theme parks and yeah. the way that they could just create atmosphere and then, of course, you got into each of the islands, and each of the islands had a scare zone. Um, the best thing was, I liked Jurassic Park that year because the whole thing was um, the dinosaur, like people have been doing experimentation on like dinosaurs and humans. And so yeah. there were all these scientists that were half dinosaur, half human running around. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, and they yeah. were like in pain and wanting you help them. And then they had, <laughs> but then the coolest thing is they had, for me, they had people dressed up in raptor costumes, like the ones they used in the movie. Yeah, dude, I remember that. I remember because I was I was with a bunch of friends that night, and they couldn't stay very long. They all, they they left early, and so I was all by myself. And I decided to go to the Jurassic Park area. And I was by myself, and I think like at least two raptors jumped out at me, and I must have screamed like a little girl. Not that screaming like a little girl is bad, but right, just to give you an idea of how high my screaming was. Yeah, <laughs> how scared I, I was. Well, what, the, the, when I I didn't know that they had people in raptor costumes, I was walking and. You know, like how in the Jurassic Park Island in Isles of Adventure, they have like these dinosaur statues in the bushes, like all through the area. Yeah. And so these people were like sitting down eating ice cream or something. Dippin' Dots, maybe Dippin' Dots. Maybe some Dippin' Dots. Yeah. And there was, (laughs) uh, but there were these two raptors in the bushes behind them just keeping completely still. And they must have thought it was just a statue. And so when one jumped out and she threw her dessert item (laughs) everywhere and screamed, it was wonderful. (laughs) And then to like watch the, the watch raptors and chase other people around and that's great i love it and i always like <laughs> what's really funny is like the, the scare actors or characters whatever they they definitely have like a strategy yeah and it's like whenever they see like a dude and a girl they always go for the dude yeah. <laughs> and it, it works every time and it's so funny Though I did hear, um, I did hear a story from I think it was Jurassic Park, but it might have been the year before. I don't remember. But um, one of the one of the air actors came up and he like tapped a dude on the shoulder. Yeah, because they're not supposed to touch you. But this guy like touched this guy, like dude. And apparently <laughs> the dude was jacked, and he just turned around and decked and yeah, like I'm flat, sure that, knocked out the guy in okay. costume. Um, Chuck, I think that year was that the same year where. Uh, the the what's the the area that's like all the comic strips and stuff like the Toon Lagoon. It's like between Toon Lagoon and Jurassic Park, I think. I don't know, but it was like it was clown themed, and it had like bubbles that were like above your head throughout the entire area. I don't remember that. It was insane. Like 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 someone left the like the washing machine on. And these bubbles, I swear, were, like, above, like, the buildings. They were really high. And they, they had clowns hiding and then popping them out at, out at you. And they had, like, lasers above you and stuff. It was super creepy and super awesome. And I miss Halloween Horror Nights so much. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I wish I could go back. But, you see, the thing is, like, this is why I need you here. Because I don't have anyone to go with. So I can't, like, I can't just drive to Orlando by myself and go to, and pay that money just to go to Invasion. I mean, maybe Kana I, wouldn't go with you? Nah, we, nah, she wouldn't go. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I wish I wish a year ago. Yeah. That'd be that'd be fun. Maybe I'll try. Um. So, all right, what are we talking about? 
Uh, I mean, you know. Hurricanes, I guess. I'm trying to roll the episode <laughs> along, man. It's fine. Um, I, I mean, I guess uh, you got a hurricane coming at you, Chuck. I do. I do. Um, did, did you do something wrong? Psst, I, uh, maybe, maybe I did by this by 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 making an avatar of myself. <laughs> oh, that's right. Chuck got, Chuck has an avatar. I have an avatar. Looks kind of like Michael Jackson. It does. It's supposed to look like me, but it in fact looks like Michael Jackson. <laughs> if you've not been on our Instagram, you can see photos of it. I then added a beard make, to it to to help it along. We should uh, maybe we could be, you can make a video of your avatar singing uh, Billy Jean. That'd be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> um. So you got a hurricane coming towards you. Yeah, old Irma. She's on her way. Yeah, and uh, you know, there, there's been some. And Jose right behind her. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. There's like, there's like two more, right? Jose and there's is there no like Katia? Katia, and she's like heading to Mexico. So there's been some, uh, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that there's like a trend, but like because because this kind of happens whenever a big catastrophe happens, the, the uh, Christian community, some corners of the Christian community, kind of have a little freak out moment, right? They yeah. start questioning why God would allow this uh, allow this to happen. Some question why God would allow this to happen. Some are certain it's happening because we deserve <laughs> it. Um, none of them are 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 just under the assumption that weather just does that. Right. <laughs> There's no one to make that argument. Well, see, I'll make that argument. Just weather. There you it's go. It's just weather, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, it's the I, we talked about this briefly earlier tonight, and in and as we started kicking around what we we're going to talk about tonight, and like one of the things I know you and I touched on in our own just private conversation, which we're just repeating now, um, is how inconsistent that rhetoric is about punishment. You know, like a hurricane hit Key West. And the evangelical people are going to be, well, that's because all the gays and the cross-dressers are down in Key West. It's a godless right. place, and God is sending his punishment to them. But, right. you know, it hits, like, Georgia, North Carolina, and they're like, well, I just don't understand why God would allow this to happen, you know? <laughs> you know his ways are not our ways, and we just can't question his ways. It's just, uh, it's, just it's right. always convenient, you know? It's always a convenient thing about how it's, you know... You know, if, if if it had been like a couple years ago when state when Florida um, when we legalized same sex marriage, like that would be it right now. That's what they would say is like, like oh, it's because they they legalized that gay marriage and God is punishing them. Like, right? No, it's because we're a peninsula that dangles down in the middle of the Caribbean and Atlantic oceans <laughs> and the Gulf of Mexico, and we are kind of there to protect the rest of the nation from hurricanes. Right. You know, like that's that's what we do. We bear the brunt of it. That we're we're sort of we're sort of a barrier island of sorts. Um, and you're welcome. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's just it's just such a strange and silly thing. It's, you know, and it happens with every natural disaster. You know, like the earthquake in Haiti or the hurricane in Haiti. It's because of the voodoo. All the voodoo that goes on there. Was that Jerry Falwell who said that? It was uh, Pat Robertson. Or Pat Robertson. Yeah, of course, he always trots out with his superpower legs and well that's because that, that's because god speaks to him chuck uh, yeah that's true every year he has a new prophecy for for, for pat robertson <laughs> actually i don't know if he still does that he did that for a while like back when i was in high school my mom would read them to me his prophecy for the year <laughs> yeah i don't know if he still does that it's such a it's such a misunderstanding of prophecy when when it becomes future predicting yeah, I know. Um, so, so you don't think this is the, the the natural disasters are God's punishment? No, no, no. Well, that's, that's good. That's silly. <laughs> that's a silly way of thinking. Like, there's a lot of ways to think about this stuff. I know um, Saint Augustine saw natural disaster as a type of evil in the world, but it wasn't like a willful evil, you know, it's just for him, evil was bad, was something bad. And so these were bad things that happened. 
Um, and I guess it was evidence of creation being affected by human, you know, by, by human sin or whatever that, you know, because the, the, uh, I'll go through a little bit of a thing for me because here's, because I, 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 I partly agree with this idea, but not in the same way Augustine would. Right. So, okay. so there are people out there and I've heard some Christians say this, because even one of my, even my, one of my professors in college, biblical studies professors in college said this, that, you know, could this just not be evidence of, because he was getting a debate with a, with a, with a hyper Calvinist in our class one day who, oh boy. we haven't talked about Calvinists on this podcast in a while, by the way. Not in a long time. You know? So, hey, guys, <laughs> get ready. Um, but you already knew that because everything's predestined. So he was saying... get my ticket to Calvinist Horror Nights. Ooh, oh, there's a scare zone. Oh, <laughs> can we pitch this to, like, Holy Land Experience and, like, have, <laughs> like, different... The Spanish Inquisition scare zone? <laughs> But it could be Halloween, right? Because Halloween's not a Christian holiday. Right. It's well, totally not a Christian Holy holiday, Holy... even though it totally is, because it's it's <laughs> it's a it's uh, All Hallows Eve. Holy Land Horror Nights. Holy Land Horror Nights. I think it works. <laughs> Suicide bombers like Hezbollah. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, Chuck. I made that joke years ago, years ago to my family, and I got in big trouble. <laughs> I was yelled at. It, my my family did not think it was very funny at all. <laughs> the most horrific. But I the most horrific thing is they use one of those like hologram projectors, and instead of when you get there, instead of seeing the the Solomon's Temple, it's the Dome of the Rock. <gasps> yeah, like like we could do. They could do a theme where if different reformers like take it to their logical conclusion, and they got to have like their way. <laughs> so like the yeah. like, what's the world look like if hyper Calvinism is true and the only truth? Anyway. <laughs> But no, so anyway, this is Calvinist and, 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 um, and a professor were debating, and his whole thing was that, you know, well, it sucks, but God foreordained from the beginning of time for that hurricane to do what it was supposed to do and to kill those people, and that's just the way it is. And, and, uh, <laughs> and the professor was like, well, couldn't you just say that it was that, that hurricanes are a product of, of a world that's been affected, you know, that a, a creation that's been affected by sin? And I get where he's coming from with that argument because. It's after Adam and Eve sin. It says that in the Bible, it says that you know Adam, that one of Adam's punishments is that the ground will no longer yield to him. And um, and after Cain and Abel, after Cain kills Abel, there's even further stuff that happens to the earth. So the Bible, in the, you know, Bible does have this connection that our sin does impact the planet. But that being said, as I understand, so we're getting really theological here. But as I understand it, so. The, the narrative creation is this, is that um, when God began creating, um, which, by the way, that's the proper way to understand Genesis 1-1. It's not in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It should, it should read, when God began to create the heavens and the earth, or, um, or whatever. It's, it's a different focus. Um, but when it mentions it, there's this sense that there is chaos. There's something there that God is working, like, working from. Um, and because it even says in the King James Version, um, where we get the whole in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth, is um, the, spirit of, the spirit of God moving over the surface of the waters or the waters of chaos. So there's something, you know, going on already in the Bible text, which conveniently no one ever talked about when we were growing up, did they, JP? No. Nope. I remember reading it later. It's like, where'd the water come from? If God, if, if it was nothing, why? If we, we, we talk about there was nothing, but there's water. Like, there's clearly water here. But it's the water of chaos. And in the ancient cosmology, it just meant that there was just chaos, just just chaos. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so what happens is, is God speaks and creation responds to his voice or the chaos responds to his voice. And so when he says, let there be light, chaos orders itself into light and dark. And then he, when he wants it to be like this, the, the, the space, it turns into that When He wants it to be planets. It becomes that one with water. So, so the chaos responds to the voice of God. So the trajectory of creation, the trajectory of life, all of it is meant to be being in harmony with what God is saying. So, you know, and it's, when you think of it in a Jewish mindset, it keeps in that, uh, it's Torah. God utters the law. We respond to the law by obeying it and following its path, right? So that's, so, so the only time that that changes is when sin happens. You know, the animals aren't sinning. Trees aren't sinning. Only humans are sinning. Now, our sins impact creation, but they don't, break creation you know like we hear about oh we've broken the world no we've not actually um you know if we were to be extinct tomorrow the world would go carry on just fine without us 
Um, yeah. But it probably is probably better. Probably better. But it's our selfishness, our greed, our lack of, you know, it's all the, all the stuff that we have going on with us where we tend to work and antagonist, we position ourselves antagonistically to creation rather than harmoniously with creation. And that's where a lot of our problems come from. So all of that, I'm saying, in order to get to the point to where we are today, where we have more intense storms than normal, where we have all of this other stuff happening, and we know it's by climate change. And that is evidence of human that. sin. You don't know that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the unanimous don't bring, that, don't, don't bring that liberal propaganda into my podcast <laughs> is that, that, that because i'm talking about this is why the hurricane's coming because i'm spreading much. this this lot the liberal eyes of the fake news media and listen the world is going to end but it's not going to be climate change okay <laughs> yeah but anyway, so that being said, like it, it's it's sin. It's human sin has impacted it's impacted the environment, it's impacted our climate, and we're seeing the evidence of that. So on one hand, I do agree with the mindset that these things are part of evidence of a of a creation that's been affected by sin. But I don't think that like that like Adam and Eve sinned and and because of that there were hurricanes. Right. I think those are those are not mutually you know they they've hurricanes have always been here it's just it's it's a part of the earth cycle in existence um but we're making them worse we're making them worse and also you know we we know we build in such a way that we don't think about long-term stuff we don't you know we try to build we build cheap houses we build you know around the world i mean like most of the world you know so much of the world lives in poverty and you know uh rabbi moline um a guy taught at my seminary i think i mentioned this on the podcast before but he after the uh, the earthquake in Haiti in 2011, 2010, 2011, he said um, that he said, "Do I believe in a God, in a sovereign God who created a world with in such a way that those tectonic plates would shift at exactly like that moment in that time and in that way to create that magnitude of an earthquake?" He said, "Yes, absolutely. That's what I believe. I believe God did that. God is that kind of sovereign." He's like, however, the houses like the subpar houses that these that these people live in in haiti and the economic conditions that put them into poor housing and cause so much suffering and death to happen he says that's not on god that's on us and i feel like that's a really good that's a really good answer to natural disasters in the world that yeah i mean like i don't know if god causes it to go and kill people but god you know hurricanes serve a role in the cycle of weather in the cycle of you know, I mean, to get a little bit Buddhist, weather is simply about everything trying to find balance. It's about pressure systems, high and low, trying to find balance, wind, temperature, all of it. And in that right. process of trying to find balance, sometimes there's these moments of chaos, but it's necessary. It's just Especially hard. earthquakes, which is like literally the, the earth like recycling itself. Right, right. And so, yeah. you know, we need to learn to live with that rather than trying to live against it or live arrogantly or live in such a way that we put the most vulnerable people in the most, um, you know, most, you know, dangerous positions. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's, that's my feelings in the matter. So do I think that God is judging Florida for something? Probably not. Um, (laughs) you know, probably not. Um, yeah, but, it sucks. But no, yeah, yeah, so what are you guys uh, doing to prepare? Well, the the church is all shuttered up. Tomorrow, um, a group of the men from the church are coming. We're going to shutter up the church office building and that kind of stuff. Um, my house is in pretty good shape. We, because um, we live on campus here at the school where I work, um, we are blessed to have that all of our exterior windows and doors are, um, are hurricane impact resistant right like we ken and i looked up the numbers on our windows because they have these codes to like look at what the what kind of windows they are and i think like our windows can withstand like a two by four being flung like 500 miles an hour at it or something i mean like some like ridiculous like no storm is ever gonna throw it um our only you're not in evacuation zone right yeah we're not in evacuation zone yeah we're you know we're yeah we're outside of the evacuation zone um, we're not in any kind of flood zone. In fact, I think we're on relatively high ground 
Um, yeah, you're like my sister. She's pretty safe where she is. Like, there's not a... Yeah. Our only concern is our house is built in the 60s, so we don't know... Um, we don't know if what the roof situation is like. Um, but I knock see, on yeah. wood, this, this school has... You know, my house has stood the test through however many hurricanes we've had since 1964. <laughs> it has been around since the 1960s. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the chapel building, I mean, we're in our 50th anniversary of the chapel, and it's been there for 50 years. Um, so, you know, we survived Andrew, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful about this. Um, I mean, anything could happen, but that being said, we're not planning on evacuating. I mean, it worst comes to worst. The theater here on campus is one of the newest buildings and most secure building. It's a large space with no windows. So we feel like if we needed to go there, we could, I know uh, there's a few people on campus here talking about doing that, um, sleeping in the theater for the night on Saturday night, because that's going to be the real the real kicker um i did something i've never done before and that is i canceled church services on sunday oh wow um just because looking it, at all the miles that, it's going to be like is that when it's us. expected yeah that's when it's expected to hit is sunday right yeah it's gonna like we'll start feeling effects of it i think like saturday sometime in the evening like saturday afternoon or something and then but yeah it's like current trajectory has the most intense part of the storm happening like 8 a.m. Sunday morning, like right when we like we'd be having our first service of the day. Yeah. And the thing I the thing I realize is that if we still had church services, the people that would come are the people who are the ones who shouldn't be on the road. You know, the more, <laughs> yeah. you know, our faithful ladies, you know, I'm not going right. to put them in any kind of danger. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, have you ever been in an eye of the storm before? No, I've not. It's creepy, man. Yeah, that's what I hear. I've I've kind of always wanted to be in one. I've I've done it before. You're not really supposed to. <laughs> they say like it might be tempting to go outside during the eye of a storm, but please stay inside your house if you are that deep into a hurricane. Uh, but yeah, I was staying at my sister's house during Wilma, and uh, Wilma hit like during the day, which is interesting because they kind of usually hit during the night, or at least I'm, I'm used to them hitting during the night, <laughs> and. Um, I actually had power for quite a long time, like throughout the morning, all, all the way up to about noon uh, is what it kind of cut off. So I got to actually watch TV, watch the news as it was happening. Like I, I watched Al Roker fall on the. Oh, yeah. Patty, I can remember that video from all those years ago. Um, I watched that happen live and I thought that was really funny. Uh, and the eye went over and I was like, uh, now's my chance. I've always wanted to experience. So I go outside and it's just, it's just, just creepily quiet like it, it's the rain just suddenly stops the wind just stops it's just like nothing and you just kind of like hear the thunder like in the distance and kind of it's just it's creepy it's really creepy yeah so yeah we, <laughs> we lived together during wilma so yeah yeah and that's when like when keelan and, and everyone else stayed back at the apartment and <laughs> yeah cheered on the and, fence panels blown away and that was funny because I, I was, was in North Carolina my, for that, by the way. Right. I was staying at my sister's taking care of her place all by myself, by the way. And um, I was getting a little creeped out. And so I got into my car and I drove back to the apartment uh, because I don't want to be myself by myself. And um, as I'm sitting there <laughs> watching the news, I get a call from my parents who were like, are you okay? Is everything all right? I was like, yeah, I, I left the house though. I couldn't stay there. And they're like, no, you need to go back to the house right now because a, it's safer than where, where your apartment is. And B, uh, there's a covering for your car. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to go back now? I was like, go back right now. I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Um, so I, so JP drove as a hurricane was hitting. <laughs> and, um, as I was stopping at each stoplight, um, like a transformer would explode next to me. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's when I decided, okay, no more stopping at these traffic lights. And I just ran every light on the way back to my Yeah, because you were house. practically like the only person on the road. I was. And like every time I passed a traffic light, Chuck, no lie, they would explode right next to me as I, as I, as I would pass them. That's cool. <laughs> and I made it back and I just stayed there and I lost power and I drove back to the apartment and that's when the fun began. Well, it's so funny that they're like, they told you that it was safer than the apartment because that's just patently untrue. Like that apartment could probably survive like North Korea. 
Yeah, but it's it's it was it's pretty close to like uh, an evacuation zone. And That's stuff. true. And it's like you know, it's it was a Category Four. Yeah. So it was kind of and. It was kind of foolish, a little bit on my part, but I just, you know, I freaked out. I got scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I went back, hunkered down, lost power, drove back to the apartment, almost got arrested because you're not really supposed to be driving around. They, I guess they put up like a curfew. Oh. The cops were like, I could arrest you right now. I'm like, I'm like, but I live like just right there. I'm like, okay, go home. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and that's, uh, that's when that, and after that, I remember being like, it, it felt like the post-apocalypse had come after that. And I think you were there for that, too, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And, like, like everything was closed. Every store, uh, our, our school was closed. Every store was closed. Uh, people, n- nobody had any power except for us because we were on the same grid as the, new, as the Palm Beach Post. Right. Because so we the, really, the post office was right across the street from us. Yeah, so and there's we a fire really station too, that. really close. I think too. Yeah, post office, fire station, the Palm Beach Post, the the newspaper. Yeah. So we were all on the same grid as them, so we got their emergency electricity, um, <laughs> so we could take warm showers. Uh, and uh, I just remember, like, everyone was so bored. People were just like hanging out on the streets. Yeah. Like I, I never, I've never seen anything like that in in, in West Palm. It's even since then. Or, yeah. Like just. It looked like a block party every day. Yeah, I mean, I came in a few days later because I was in North Carolina, and I remember I was the first, like, one of the first planes on the runway after because there was still like Air Force like cargo planes on the like on the tarmac, having bring you oh, know really? brought in supplies and stuff. And Keelan picked us up, and he wanted to show us like you know there was a crane that collapsed into a building and like you know one of the big oh trees. yeah yeah and then one of the big banyan trees was on, on pva campus was uprooted and, and laid over and that kind of stuff so he drove around and he showed us some of that stuff and then um and then um as we're driving back he goes he says i'm just gonna say right now i'm sorry i, I i'm sorry for what happened to your truck like, what do, what do you, i remember it's like what do you mean happened to my truck he's like you'll see <laughs> and we pull into the driveway, or we pull into the parking lot of the apartment, and every single piece of debris <laughs> that had blown around in that yard was on top of my pickup truck. Yeah. Uh, just want to say it was not my idea. And um, it doesn't matter. I thought it was, it was, it was freaking hilarious. <laughs> freaking hilarious. Cleaning it up was not fun. But. Yeah, the the sight of pulling into the driveway and seeing one car completely covered <laughs> in debris is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Because um, it just looked like, well, that guy's car got completely screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. it was. Um, and then yeah, like you know, we kept the power off for a while, which was nice because it was cool. It was like in the seventies. Yeah. Like during the day, and I know like. I missed out on the bonfires you guys were having in the parking lot because the cops came and shut that crap down, right? No, that didn't happen. I'd heard the cops. Well, we, 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 we were just afraid it would happen. Okay, I'd heard. I, they, I, they, I'd they heard did keep like driving by. Okay, we were afraid I, they're going to tell us. I thought I heard a story about someone's someone had done that and like a, like a police helicopter flew overhead and like told them to like put the fire out that they were. Oh, maybe that was that, but I don't know. But it wasn't I think ours. We just, it was someone else's. Yeah, like maybe I don't know. I know that Herman. one of our friends, Herman, actually, uh, but he he pulled up in his truck and he had like a huge spotlight and he shined at us and it freaked us out. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, but <laughs> well, I was I was even today we were I was talking with some of the teachers at at lunch and we were reminiscing on previous hurricane stories and I I remembered my favorite moment, um, one of my favorite moments from that from that night from that from that time was when our neighbor busted in so we so listeners you've never been a part of a hurricane we what happened was is we created this whole like this like great sense of community happened and as jp talked about and like we were leaving our doors unlocked because our windows were open because there was it was nice outside and so and a lot of people didn't have power so it didn't matter you know because if you lock your door they could just still walk through your window and steal your crap so we just didn't care and so a lot of our neighbors were like getting to know us well one night we were just hanging out and in comes our next door neighbor (laughs) <laughs> she was Swedish yeah. and a Hooters girl. <laughs> and she came in. She, I, We were just minding her own business, hanging out on the couch or whatever. And our front door busts open. She comes in, collapses in the entryway of our apartment. And she has a bottle of Bacardi, her pug. 
Ah, oh, I forgot about that dumb dog. And the dog, the dog was female and menstruating. I had to clean <laughs> up that that stuff off of off of the rug in the bathroom and on the couch. Yeah, we definitely we actually flipped over a couch cushion. Yeah, yeah, the couch cushion that I left, or the couch that I left. <laughs> um, and uh, and then she and so she's like, she just yells in her Swedish accented English that we're gonna take shots and play play poker, and <laughs> and that and, and that is exactly what proceeded to happen was this very attractive Swedish woman drunk out of her mind made everyone in the room play poker with her while drinking shots of Bacardi. (laughs) It was, it was pretty eerie because we were just hanging out like kind of bored. Yeah. Just talking and then crash. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, hello. (laughs) What was Um, her name? I don't even remember. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I, I just remember. I just, I just remember the, uh, just kind of how I imagine like the post-apocalypse being like well, during a zombie apocalypse or something, and like the by... only place, the only place that was open, Chinese restaurants. That's right, the Chinese restaurant. We went and got some food, and there was that gas station <laughs> down the way too that had some stuff. Yeah, was, I remember one night. I remember one night we rode. I don't think you were with us. We rode bicycles because I was using a bicycle for my primary mode of transportation, and so like. Me and my ex, we rode bikes down to one of the convenience stores to pick stuff up. And that's when I came up with the idea for my short story, Blue Silhouettes, the one about the zombies right after Hurricane Wilma with Matt and everybody. I need to publish that somewhere for for our listeners to read. That'd be fun. Um, So, yeah, uh, if you're you're out there and you're going to brave the storm, just keep in mind, if you're hungry, you can't find any food. Chinese look for the nearest Chinese. Look for the nearest Chinese restaurant. Well, Chinese what? Open. Well, I think it was during Francis Hurricane Francis the year before Wilma that I was in Georgia because I I was it was a mandatory evacuation. I lived on campus at PDA, and so I was at my mom's house in Georgia. And we were watching storm coverage, and one of those Chinese restaurants, um, I think one in Vero Beach, um, they had a guy and he was doing bicycle deliveries during the hurricane. So like people were calling his restaurant, putting in orders for like wonton soup, like whatever. And the guy would just hop on his bike in the pouring rain and wind and ride it down to people's houses. I never bothered to ask, well, why are Chinese restaurants the only restaurants open during a natural disaster? Is it just because that's just who they, they just, they're always open or like maybe they're they're They don't use electricity. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, like, there's a lot of gas cooking that goes on, so that's probably a big part of it, because walks, you know, a lot of walks are gas-powered, but, uh, you know, I think it's just a different mentality, you know? Yeah. You know, the Chinese, I mean, they deal with, you know, earthquakes and all kinds of stuff, you know, in China, they just sort of live with it, so I think that this I guess sort of, so. I wonder if they think that we're all soft for, like, closing, like, do they... That, <laughs> yeah, probably. Or is it, or do they just see it as, this is a business opportunity, we can make a bunch of money, Every, you know, there's no competition right now, we just make a bunch probably. of money that no one else is going to be making. Yeah, but I guess, yeah. I guess that's what I would do. I did, can I just one thing I want to say since we talked about the community aspects and and, and all of this of of, of natural disasters. I, one of the things that I, I I'm still amazed by, and it 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 really came. It, I really realized it when I was living in um in 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 DC, um when we had our blizzard. One of our blizzards while I was there, they were calling it snowpocalypse because it was like the most snow that DC had had in like a long time. And when Kana, my wife and I, before we were married, um, we were walking out of her apartment and we were going to, you know, the metro, all the underground metro stations were still running. So we were going to go into the city and we were going to walk around in DC in the middle of snow. And as we walked out of her apartment, she lived in a neighborhood of Arlington, Arlington, Virginia, called um, Courthouse. And there's a big hill, like, right by her place. And there were people, like, sledding and tobogganing down this hill. <laughs> and, like, people outside just playing in the snow. And I just, it dawned on me, I said, you know, it's amazing, like, with all of our technology, with all of the stuff that we've done. And, again, this is, like, 2009, 2010, 2009. Like with all the stuff that we've done, we, our entire like modern world can come grinding to a halt because of weather. Right. And it causes us to sort of focus on what's important and what our priorities really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the amazing thing, you know, in Florida, we see that with hurricanes is, 
Like I saw a video. Um, some of my parishioners posted a video of um, of a Walmart in Coconut Creek, and the it was on Instagram. A little brief video, and they said, "This is how civilized people do it." It was the a Walmart of all places, and they had employees standing next to st- like a, like like pallets of bottled water, like limited two pallets per customer. And they had people with their shopping carts lined up, and they just went by, and they put the two pallets in the shopping cart, and they moved on. There was uh, no one fighting, no one arguing. It was just kind of neat to see that it wasn't like, you know, Black Friday, where everybody's freaking out over, like, you know. Yeah, for real. You know, whatever. It's, you know, they were calmly, because it sort of, it just seemed like there's this realization, we've all got to get water. So we're just going to make this efficient and calm as possible. It was just really neat to see how, you know, humanity... It brings out the good part, a lot of the goodness in us. And, and then to get back to the initial point, I know I've done a lot of talking, but to get back to the initial point, it really kind of flies in the face of these evangelical people who talk about it as God's wrath and God's punishment. Because if it's God's wrath and God's punishment, like, then how come these great examples of goodness right. stand out as a result of it? You know, if anything, if you're going to say God's in it, maybe it's God teaching us what our priorities ought to be. Um, and that the rest of it's just stuff. We can live without stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on hurricane parties? Like people partying during the hurricane? Yeah. I mean, good good, good on you. Do it. Why not? <laughs> you know, unless unless they've told you to, like, evacuate and you're just doing it anyway. That's kind of dumb. Like if you're in the yeah, key, I, if you're in the keys right now planning on having a hurricane party, not smart. <laughs> of course, by the time you're idea. listening to this, the storm is past. Um, but yeah. um, but otherwise, yeah, enjoy yourselves while during the storm. I mean, we had you we we had you over JP during that tropical storm for the Moroccanist hurricane party ever. You, me, Kana playing with Legos. Do you remember that? Did you? Huh. Oh yeah 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 that's right. We just sat in that tropical storm and. Tropical Storm Irma, yeah. was it? Um, I don't remember those. Oh, not, yeah, not Irma. Irma's this one. Irene or something like that. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Yeah, dude. That's like, that's what you do is, you know, make sure you have plenty of beer. You know, honestly, <laughs> if you want to get the right feel, you want some rum. Because it's, it's basically the Caribbean, right? Get some rum. And, uh... <laughs> You know, just don't get too drunk that if you have to run. Yeah, I don't know if I could do drinking while it's hitting, you know, maybe wait till it's past. I, yeah. I think hurricane power should be like after the hurricane. Okay. Okay. So, celebrate that you survived and everyone's okay. Now that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> when I hear, when I, when I hear and think of hurricane parties, I typically think of this is happening concurrent with the storm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been to one. I had a, my like when we were in college, and we, it was during that year when it was like that there was like an outbreak of hurricanes. I mean, they just like kept on coming. Yeah, every week. Two thousand four. Yeah, really bad. <coughs> and um, well, uh, uh, and I stayed with my with my sister at her her boyfriend, and my boy, and my my sister's boyfriend's house. At the time, was a really nice fortified house. And he had the nicest house out of he and all of his friends. So he, naturally, he invited all of his friends to come to his house. And what do you do besides party? <laughs> you know, like all right. your friends are there. You don't have to go to work tomorrow or the next day or the day after that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do? You you know, watch some movies. Uh, you drink some drinks. They were make they were, they're so dumb. Like they were cooking out. They were grilling outside as the turn as, as the hurricane was hitting. Okay. Which is, that's one way to do it. I don't advise that you do that, yeah, listeners. No. no. That's, bad. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a bad idea. Uh, uh, but, hey, you know, what are you going to do? Um, sing Kumbaya, maybe? Yeah. I don't even know the words. I don't know the words. Other than Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. Oh, is that what the words are? Uh-huh. Oh, Lord, Kumbaya. So you actually do know the words. Uh, that, that was a joke. It's a bad joke. <laughs> uh, 
I didn't I didn't pay attention to delivery, so I just I that was me. I ruined your joke. It's okay. I didn't land it. I didn't land it. I didn't stick the land. I just I, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. You just you just spun it back to sea. Like well, hopefully this storm does just goes goes out. Um, I yeah. actually haven't checked the latest update, so I don't know what it's doing. But Matt isn't here. Uh, we should probably give a shout out to Matt though, because right. because of his new occupation, uh, he's going to be busy. Yeah, he's he's going to be legit hero um, in the coming days. Mm-hmm. As you all know, uh, Matt is uh, officially working for the sheriff's department. Deputy and, Matt. Um, Deputy Matt, and uh, that's actually why he's not here with us tonight because um, uh, he's got to do some preparation for for the storm. Well, what is it? Yesterday was his first day. Like yesterday or the day before was like his first day of like being a field training officer or something like that, like where he was actually out in the field, not just like doing like, well, not, not his first day. It was his first night. First night. Yeah. I, that's, I think, I think that's how it's been. Yeah. And like then, last week was, last week was his first time on the road during the day. I said how that went. He said it was, it was pretty good. It was, it was fine. Nobody too crazy, but he said the one he was most nervous about was the, the night shift, which is what was supposed to be this week. So, <laughs> yeah, and and so his first, his, his so basically like his first real like days on the job, Hurricane Irma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So keep that um, in your thoughts, folks, because he's going to be out there. Yeah, uh, you know. So if it, if it gets pretty bad, he's going to be the one out there, you know, patrolling the streets, helping people, and making sure nothing, uh, nothing too bad happens out there. Yeah. So yeah, he might be he might be bailing me out. Who knows. <laughs> Got a direct line. That's true. I've got two direct <clears throat> lines, right? I'm a priest, so I got two direct lines. You just you just got it going on. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm safe and sound in Oklahoma. <laughs> Except you have like all the tornadoes. Yeah, but they never hit us. Wouldn't it be something? Like a storm cellar. Wouldn't it be funny if the hurricane, like at the same time, it misses us, it causes like a bunch of hurricane like tornadoes to hit you guys and like oh yeah it'd be hilarious yeah. <laughs> i'm actually reluctant to say that that seems mean-spirited i don't want to be mean-spirited <laughs> be funny if a lot of people die but uh, uh we have a storm cellar now actually an underground storm cellar we just installed this year that i gotta be honest that kind of stuff terrifies me it's i'll, I'll i don't blame you because like i was kind of excited about it because i never really seen them before and then they installed it and i opened it up i look inside and i was like it's like Schindler's List in there. And when you think about it, like, there's only, there's a few houses on our street. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven houses on our street. And I think only three of them have those storm cellars. So, like, if something really serious is going to happen to us, not that anything has, like, right. in the years we've been here, uh, we would be, we would play host to a very crowded storm cellar, probably. Yeah. So... And yeah, I've looked down at that thing, and it's it's not a it's not cozy. Yeah, I I, I like I saw a video for um, they're like these balls. They're like these like they I don't know if you've seen them. They're they're like twenty six thousand dollars or something. But they're these like um, watertight, airtight orbs that you can climb inside, and they can be like stocked out with like two weeks worth of food and water and stuff. And because they and because they float, like you can get in. So they're like good for like protecting your like if a tsunami is coming, you get in it and you'll like survive because it like you can bash into buildings and stuff and you won't get hurt and it floats and so you won't be underwater. Um, huh. well, and, so it like lands on you, right? Like a house lands on you or whatever. No, even then, like they seem to be like they're like really like huh. they're crazy. But the inside of it, it's it's like the Mercury space capsule. Like I'm not, I don't want to be trapped in that. Like ah, no way. And they they have like versions of them that can fit like twelve people, and yeah. it's like twelve people in like a window, basically a windowless ball strapped in a chair. <laughs> I would, I think I would rather be taken by the tsunami. <laughs> I, I like I said, I'm claustrophobic. So like that that the, the whole that that whole concept, I just I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Just get you aboard, you'll be fine, right? Yeah, bro, just ride that baby out. <laughs> what a way to go like Bodie at the end of like Bodie at, <laughs> at the end of Point Break Point Break yeah <laughs> nice here comes my set via con Dios he shoots his gun into the air <laughs> the movie's great it is great well 
Um, so keep Officer Matt and Father Chuck in your prayers uh, this well. You guys will be listening to this on Tuesday, so um, I don't know <laughs> if you can send your prayers backwards through time. That would be awesome. Um, I think it works that way. Right. God's timeless, right? That should work. Um, yeah. But um, if anything's going on, um, you'll you'll know. You'll hear something from us. Um, maybe. I mean, should I post this just in case, Chuck? Like, do I, <laughs> like, <laughs> like post should it. I post this? Before? These are my final words. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you want to say? <laughs> oh, this is dark. This took a dark turn. <laughs> like, like an asteroid's coming toward you or something. <laughs> it took, it's a dark. It's dark, man. I don't know. Put that e- don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Um, nah, you'll be fine. Actually, I, I, I have a pretty good feeling about all this. Um, yeah. You know, this I'm in the not ba- uh, Florida's first rodeo. Nope, and this and it, is like you know, things can get things can get bad, but at the same time, you know, it's not like. I mean, I'm pretty, I don't think. I'm pretty far. I, I don't predict it'll be as bad as like Houston or like New York with Sandy. Like yeah, it's, no. you know, those places aren't prepared for that. No, for if that. anyone's prepared for it, it's Florida. And plus, this is more of a yeah. windstorm than a rainstorm. Um, yeah. So we're you know we're in pretty good shape. Um, you know, like I said, my house is pretty is, is set up. The campus, I mean, we're not evacuating the campus. All the residential boarding students are staying through the storm. Um, because, really? Yeah, oh, the storm. Wow, okay. I mean, we we were pretty. You know, we know we can keep them safe. And plus, we have the campus is loaded with generators. Like our food services building, like all the freezers and refrigerators, our generator backed up with like redundant power supplies and stuff. So we're like, there'll be food. There'll be a place to eat. <laughs> there'll be. I mean, really, like unfortunately for the students, they'll probably be back to school on Monday, right? Uh, it actually could be, yeah. Well, uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Chuck, bye, Condias, my friend. Bye, Condias. Thank you so much for listening and join us again next week. And good journey. Good journey. (laughs) 